to you today again. Thank you for being with me. You're my wonderful family. And to Jesus be the glory, the honor, and the praise for all he's about to do in our lives. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Today I continue teaching on prayer in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's involvement in our daily prayer life. We need to invite him. We need to welcome him. We need to ask him for his help. You know, I shared yesterday how when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, you've been chosen by heaven to be the mother of the Son of God. And she said, how shall this be? And the answer was the Holy Ghost. So whatever question you may have in your life of how can I pray, the answer is the Holy Ghost. How can I know the Bible? The Holy Ghost. How can I have power in my life? The Holy Ghost. Every question you have, the answer is the Holy Spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. When it comes to prayer, it's only by the Spirit. You and I cannot even know the Lord without the Holy Spirit. We can't even say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. We can't know the Bible without the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who makes Jesus a reality in our life. Think about this. 2,000 years ago, the people who saw him did not love him. Yet you and I who have not seen him, we love him. How? By the Spirit. So here they saw him with their eyes, but he was not real to them. We have not seen him, and he's more real to us in our own life. He's more real to us than to the people who saw him. Think about that one, because he's within us. So it's the Holy Spirit who makes that possible. So if the Holy Spirit can make Jesus so real to you and I and put a love in our hearts for him, having not seen him, then he can do anything. It's not by might nor by power. Greater is he who abides in you than he that's in the world because we have power within us. So now when it comes to prayer, how do we pray? In the Spirit. So Paul says in Romans 8, 26, he says, likewise the Spirit also helps our infirmities because we know not. He didn't say you don't know. He said we don't know. In other words, he himself was admitting that he himself does not know how to pray without the Holy Spirit. He said we know not. We, including Paul himself. What we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So that's why Paul said in Ephesians 6, 18, pray all prayer. Pray all prayer in the Spirit. And watch how amazing this verse is because there's a lot in this verse I want to show you. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're looking at verse 18. Praying always with all prayer, all supplication, all watching, all perseverance for all saints in the Spirit. Now, there's a big difference between praying in the Spirit and praying with the Spirit. Because in 1 Corinthians 14, it talks about praying with the Spirit. So, what does that mean? What's the difference between praying in the Spirit and praying with the Spirit? But let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, first of all, and then I'll help you understand this because it's so beautiful. So in 1 Corinthians 14, we're going to look at verse 14 and 15. 
And it says this. For if, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. So now we know he's talking about the gift of tongues. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. Ah, So praying with the spirit means tongues. So what is prayer in the spirit? Prayer in the spirit then is not tongues, is it? Praying in the spirit is where he takes over. And now the prayer comes out of your heart as you've wait and waited upon the Lord. So we wait upon the Lord. Psalm 80 verse 18 says, quicken me, then I'll call on your name. So we wait upon the Lord and suddenly now real prayer comes out of our being. I'm not talking about the gift of tongues yet. I'm talking about the groaning that happens, the cry that is spiritual from within, calling upon the Lord Jesus, calling upon him for his mercy and grace in our life. It's the cry of the Holy Spirit, you know. It's the Spirit and the bride that say, come. So who's saying come? It's the Holy Ghost and the church together. Remember, Romans 8.15 and Galatians 4.6. I showed you that yesterday. In Romans 8.15, we cry, Abba, Father. In Galatians 4.6, the Holy Ghost is crying, Abba, Father. It's a coming together of a cry, Abba, Father. So the cry begins with him, not with us. The cry begins with the Holy Spirit, and then we join in. So we simply surrender to the prayer of the Holy Ghost within us. I showed you yesterday how The Lord Jesus is our advocate in heaven. He's our high priest in heaven. He intercedes for us in heaven. The Holy Spirit is our advocate and intercessor on earth. Yet the Lord Jesus is not looking for our cooperation when he prays, because he does not need us to surrender. He's not praying through us in heaven. The Holy Spirit is praying through us on earth, so we need to surrender to him to see the difference. So the Lord Jesus is praying in heaven for us. The Holy Ghost is praying through us. Jesus is praying for us. The Holy Ghost is praying through us. So we need to surrender to the Holy Spirit for him in order to, uh, to him, in order for him to pray through us. Not so with the Lord in heaven, see. So we have an advocate in heaven and on earth. We can't lose, we cannot be defeated unless, like I said yesterday, we decide to be defeated. Anyone who is defeated has decided to be defeated, has consented to be defeated. So now, prayer in the Spirit and prayer with the Spirit are different. Yes, we do need, we do need to pray with the Spirit. Why? Because praying with the Spirit, or praying as we say in tongues, is mysteries unto God. Because it says in verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 14, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, how be it in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So we can cause confusion in the, in the enemy's camp when we pray with the spirit, praying in tongues, because it says no, no man understands him. And let me explain tongues to you just a second here. So in Acts 2, they spoke in tongues that could be understood because people understood them. So that's not the same tongue mentioned in 1 Corinthians 14 too, because this it says no man understands, but in Acts 2 they did understand. Then there's a third tongue 
which has to be interpreted equal to prophecy in the church. So there's three kind of tongues, really. That's why it's called tongues rather than tongue. So praying in tongues is Acts 2, which we don't see a whole lot of today. 1 Corinthians 14, which happens daily in our private lives in prayer. And then there is that for public uh, edification for the church. And I think today a lot of confusion has set in because people sometimes, uh, you know, pray in tongues uh, and they show it on TV and all that, but that's not really uh, to be interpreted. So I think we need to limit uh, what the world sees because I think praying in tongues, which is 1 Corinthians 14.2, is for private prayer. It's for private prayer rather than public prayer. Anyways, that's another matter. But praying in the Spirit is really what I'm talking about today. And every believer, whether you pray in tongues or not, you can pray in the Spirit. How? Wait upon the Lord. Surrender to the Lord. Then he'll quicken you. And when, when he quickens you, he takes over. So it's no longer you really praying, okay? So now, now, prayer in the Spirit, by the way, prayer in the Spirit happens all the time. But prayer with the Spirit doesn't happen all the time. You know, we're not praying in tongues all the time. But we, we can pray in the Spirit all the time. Because even when you're talking to somebody, you can be praying in the Spirit. Billy Graham one time was, was uh, uh, being interviewed by, uh, by some... Uh, uh, network and the man interviewing said do you pray he said I'm praying right now while I'm talking to you because we can pray without audibly being heard because that is coming from our hearts the Holy Spirit begins to pray through us so in Galatians 4 6 think about this this amazing thing that the the, the same Holy Spirit that moved upon the Lord to pray is the same Holy Spirit praying through us. Because all that the Lord prayed, he prayed also in the Spirit. Isn't that so, so precious, you know? Um, and and there's, 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 there's more I wanna, I wanna share with you that I think is so, so powerful. Okay, so, the Bible says that we have, let's, let's look at uh, 1 John, 1 John 1, 3. Let's go to First John, all of us. Chapter 1 and verse 3. Oh, I love it. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. Amazing. Prayer in the Spirit is impossible without fellowship. Fellowship with God is the key to not only praying properly, but also the life of faith. Uh, think, think about Abraham having to walk from Beersheba to Moriah. That's an, a, a good hour drive uh, today from Beersheba to Jerusalem. Think about walking all that way. And when God says, take your only son and sacrifice him, there was no resistance. Abraham never once said why. And Isaac at that time was 30 years of age. Imagine Isaac not, not fighting or resisting it either. 
it was faith in the father and Isaac, in Abram and Isaac. And now he gets to Moriah. He ties his son on the altar that, that, that Isaac helped him build most likely because they had to place rocks. But no place does it say in the Bible that, that, that Isaac fought it when he was 30 years old. So that is God-given faith. That is faith that God poured into Abraham, into Isaac, by the Spirit. Because faith is a spirit. Because it says in Corinthians, we having the same spirit of faith. Faith is not where you have to convince yourself that God really said something and meant something. It's faith in his character. It's faith in who he is. It's faith out of fellowship. It's faith out of relationship. And prayer is out of relationship and fellowship. So it says our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. Because without fellowship, it's, it's, it's like uh, pulling a team of horses or mules, you know. Like uh, people having to drag themselves to the throne of God or like talking to the air, or speaking down a dead phone line, you know. Without the Holy Spirit, it's no different than speaking on a phone and there's no, nobody on the other end listening because there's no relationship. So we need the Holy Spirit and the access is given only by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Ephesians 2 and let's look at verse 18. I'm going to say a little bit more about tongues, by the way. I'm not done talking about that. But here, talking about the prayer in the Spirit, not with, in the Spirit. For through him, we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. So through Jesus, we both have access by the Holy Spirit. How beautiful that you and I have access by the Holy Spirit. So you come to the Lord, and then he gives us staying power to stay on our knees. Without the Holy Spirit, nobody's going to stay on their knees. People give up easily without the Holy Spirit because it's not true prayer in the Spirit. And staying power is very important, and it shows us how we, how we receive it. So Hebrews 11 and verse 27. I'm praying you're following me with the Scriptures and looking at them. It talks about Moses here. It says, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is what? Invisible. So staying power requires that we see the Lord, the invisible. It says, as seeing him, the Lord who is invisible. So if you really want to continue to pray in the spirit, keep looking at Jesus. Because without that, that's impossible. And we don't look at we don't look to the Lord in the flesh. I'm not talking about like using your own physical eyes. Where he is more real to you than life itself. He's more real to you than yourself. And now he is all in all in your life. And there's a fellowship. There's a relationship. There's a oneness with the Lord. Well, you know, he's listening to you. This is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything, he's hearing us. And when we know he's hearing us, we know we have the, the petitions we've asked of him. Why? Because it's fellowship. It's about relationship. And, I mean, think, think about Moses, you know, uh, uh, feeling tired and feeling weary 
and Aaron and Ur holding up his, his arms. It's the Holy Spirit who gives us that power to endure. He is our Aaron. He is our Ur holding up our hand. And he is also the same one, like Paul the Apostle in Acts 27, 20. He says there was no sun, no sunshine for days, you know, for many days. But how did he, how did he survive that storm when he was shipwrecked? He, he had a vision, right? Because it says so in, in, in Acts 27, 24, how the Lord appeared. The angel of the Lord came and said, the Lord Jesus has sent me to you with a message. And he saw the Lord and he knew there was a message given to him from heaven. And it changed everything. When he heard from the Lord, he saw the Lord. How beautiful. So let me just repeat this. We must have a heavenly vision to have staying power. Staying part is we behold him, the one who is invisible. So all we have to do then is what? Wait upon the Lord. And so it says in Psalm 62, uh, 62 1, my soul wait, my soul waiteth upon God, and then God will speak to you. Hallelujah. It's impossible to pray in the Spirit I'll go back to tongues in just a moment. It's impossible to pray in the Spirit without a revelation from God on who He is. It's impossible to intercede till God gives you a revelation of Himself. In Genesis 17, God came and said, I'm the Almighty God to Abraham. What happened in the next chapter? He became the intercessor. So. True prayer, true intercession is born not only out of relationship, but out of revelation. When God reveals to you who he is. Now, let's talk about tongues. Because there's a lot of confusion, a lot of questions about that. It's important to pray in tongues because we decide when to pray in tongues. The Holy Spirit decides when he prays through us. And he, he will quicken us. We'll know it by the quickening in our hearts. So... Our, our, our job is to wait. Psalm 62, verse 1, we wait upon the Lord. Psalm 80, verse 18, we wait upon the Lord. And now he'll quicken us. And once he quickens us, true prayer is born. And that is by the Spirit. Now, if I decide I need to pray in tongues because there's warfare going on, then I pray. And that's why Paul says, I will, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding. So uh, the Lord uh, gives us that, that, uh, that uh, privilege where we can call upon him. And then we pray in tongues. Now, I pray in tongues every day in my private time in prayer every day. I get up in the morning. I shower. I take my little drink that I like to take every morning, all the nutrition that I need, uh, full of vitamins and good things for the body. And then I get to prayer. And now, as I call upon the Lord, oh, it's incredible. But I read the word at least an hour and a half, sometimes two, two, two hours. I read the word, and as I'm reading the word, God quickens me. 
And once he quickens me, ah, oh, it's like a fresh breath air. It's like life. And now I begin to call upon the Lord with such beauty, such, such, oh, it's such life. But there are moments uh, there where, where at the end when I'm done mostly, I begin to pray in tongues. Sometimes I'll pray in tongues even while I'm reading the Bible. Why? Because I feel a sometimes the need for it. Because it's mysterious unto God and it edifies me. Because it says he who prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that, that speaks in tongues to be interpreted edifies the church. Now, you may ask, well, how about, uh, you know, the Acts 2 tongues? Have you ever seen it happen? Yes, I have, back in Canada. But I'll tell you an amazing story that actually happened in the Munich Olympic in the 70s when they killed the Israeli athletes. A lot of young people from YWAM were there, and the Lord told them to pray in tongues, and they did not know what they were saying. Not knowing they were speaking in different languages, declaring the glory of God during the, the Olympic Games. But there's a man I know named Stanley Schoberg in Sweden. Stanley is a mighty man of God. And I used to go preach for him back in the 70s. Every month I would go to Sweden. And one time when I, when I was there, he told me about a lady that came to his church and began to pray out loud in tongues. And what nobody knew is there was a man that wanted to kill him with a gun. He came, this, this man came with a gun to kill this preacher. And this woman began to pray in tongues, not realizing she was praying in perfect, in the perfect language of the man who was from another, a different country. She began to pray, to speak in the language of the man who wanted to kill the pastor, telling him details about his life and himself, telling him how he came to kill the servant of, of the Lord and to stop, and so on. He fell to his knees, ran to the altar, fell to his knees and repented and got saved. And when Pastor Stanley said what happened, because he came running down while the, uh, Stanley, Pastor Stanley was preaching, he came running down by himself and began to confess how he came to kill him. But that a lady in the church was speaking his language who had never even knew his language. And God showed thousands of people at the same time what happened in the book of Acts when, when people understood those languages. And I remember back in Canada, I was at a prayer meeting and a man named Bob Tadman was praying and I understood some of the, some of the words in Hebrew that he was praying. And it was quite amazing. So it's happened, but it doesn't happen often. It's actually quite rare. But praying in tongues, when you and I need to pray in tongues, it's mysteries unto God. We need it. With stammering lips, it says, will I speak to these people. And sometimes, you know, you don't know what you're saying because it's mysteries. No man understands, Paul said. So I would encourage you to really pray in tongues a lot in these days because there's a lot of warfare out there. There's a lot of things happening in the world. We need to, to just pray and bring confusion to the enemy's camp. But praying in the Spirit, wait till God quickens your heart and then let the Holy Spirit begin to pray through you. And there'll be times when you'll feel such depth and such groanings. In, 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 in fact, it's just, it's life-changing. So we pray to the Father. 
So we have the Father to whom we pray. We have the Son through whom we pray. We have the Holy Spirit with whom we pray. What a precious Lord to give us, the Holy Spirit. Blessed be your name, Lord. So the Father hears our prayer. Jesus secures the answer. And the Holy Spirit enables us to obtain the miracle. I'm going to repeat that. So when we pray in the, in the Spirit, the Father hears our prayer. The Lord secures the answer. The Holy Spirit gives us, helps us to obtain the miracle. So pray all prayer in the Spirit. So we come to the Father through the Son in the Spirit. And now we need to pray and believe God that God will give you that. But one piece of advice, the flesh has to die. I don't think true prayer begins till the flesh is dead. Look, and I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I think it's important, I need to. Romans 8, 13 uh, through 15. For if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you, through the Spirit, you mortify the deeds of the body, you'll live. And then verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And then verse 15, you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So what, what, what do we see here? In verse 13, the flesh has to die. In verse 14, fellowship must begin. In verse 15, prayer begins. Look at it one more time. In verse 13, the flesh has, has to die. If you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you through the spirit will mortify the deeds of the flesh, you will live. That means flesh has to die. Verse 14, if you're led by the Spirit, fellowship begins. So fellowship doesn't begin until the flesh dies. It's all here. It's, it's a perfect order. Flesh dies, fellowship begins, and the next thing he says is, now we cry, Abba, Father. <laughs> so prayer is a result of what? Flesh is dead, fellowship starts, prayer starts. It's that simple. Lord, in Jesus' name, bring them to that point in their life where the flesh will die, where true fellowship will begin, and true prayer in the Spirit begins. To you be the praise, the glory, and the honor. Amen. I just gave you the secret in this last thing I just said, which I wasn't even planning on saying. Romans 8, 13, 14, 15. Romans 8, 13, the flesh has to die. Romans 8, 14, fellowship begins. Romans 8, 15, prayer in the spirit is truly born. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you for being with me today. It's time to give to the Lord. This Tuesday, let's rejoice in his beautiful blessings in our life and that he's given us over and over and over again. We'll never outgive God. We'll never be able to do that. But as long as we obey him, you know, prosperity is the result of three things. Number one, loving the Lord. In Proverbs 8, it says, if you love me, I'll give you substance. Then we love his word. In Job 22 and many parts of the Bible, if God's word is in you, prosperity follows. And number three, obedience. So prosperity follows what? Loving Jesus, loving his word, and obeying him. It's the third one that is sometimes tough. Because obey means we have to give. We have to do something. Give God something to use. Give God something to use so he can bless it and give it back to you. Remember, if you want, and I've said it many times, 
If you want a spiritual miracle, give him your life. If you want a physical healing, give him your body. If you want a financial healing, give him your finances. That's how it works. So give God something to use. That's why it says nothing is impossible with God, not to God. Nothing is impossible with God means he needs cooperation. He needs a partner with him. So give him something now to use so he can bless it and give it back to you. He'll multiply. Think about God multiplying it, some 30, some 60, some 100, when he blesses you. But all we have to do is sow seed. Give, it shall be given. That is the promise of, of the Lord Jesus. The highest authority in heaven and earth said, give, it shall be given. If we sow, we reap. Lord, bless them as they obey you. Oh, bless them greatly in Jesus' name, Lord, and meet every need financially in their life. And God said, Amen. Okay, much love to you. Tomorrow I'll see you again for another beautiful time. And I pray this has been really a blessing to you. We've been doing this since March of 2020. But now we're going to just, I'm, I'm going to continue. I love doing this. I love it way more than you even realize. So thank you for being with me. And share this with your friends. Share it with those that follow you on social media so they can be blessed too. Much love. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.